I would like to introduce Block. My name is Dr. Yellick. I've got my friends here. Slim and Buchanan. James Flynn. And today we are going to be talking about some hip-hop news. We're going to be taking a brief look at the billboard, and we will be reviewing the new Travis Scott album, Birds in the Trap, Sing McKnight. Spoiler alert, it's fucking trash. I don't think so. But before we get to that, um, we're going to look at some, some things that have been going on in hip-hop. Most notably, um, Kid Cudi has taken to Twitter recently, and he has been saying some things. Now He, he kind of sounds like a judgmental cunt. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we continue, uh, let, me, let, let me go briefly over uh, what he said. Tell us what he said. Yeah. Well... I need y'all to know that I got so many haters within the industry that these clowns know I'm about to crush their entire existence. He spelled the existence wrong. He did. Everyone thinks that they're so great, talking top five and be having 30 people write songs for them. Let me tell you something. The days of fuckery are over. The fake ones won't be lasting too much longer. I'm the one they worry about because they don't give a fuck about the corny shit they do. All my youngins out here repping. ASAP Rocky and the whole ASAP family. Travis Scott. Super Duper Kyle. Audio Push. Hit Boy, etc. I see y'all. All you jealous chicken-hearted shits, I see you too. I keep silent because I don't ever want to come off like some angry hater. But today, not only do I feel fantastic, but I feel like taking over. I already have. Oh, wow, okay, that's a lot. Uh, my tweets apply to who they apply. Yay, Drake, whoever. These niggas don't give a fuck about me. They ain't fucking with me. Well, um, wasn't he on, like, a couple Life of Pablo songs? He was. Yeah, he was. What the fuck do you mean he's not fucking with you, dude? How are you gonna fucking turn around on, on Kanye, who's objectively doing better than you, like, as, as a businessman? Yeah. And a musician. Just and a musician. Yeah, like I said that when I first saw the tweet... I quoted, I'm like, he signed you, and you're featured on his last four albums. And now you're going to fucking do him dirt like that, talking about how you're taking over. First off, you ain't taking over shit. Your last, what, two or three albums were, were trash. Last four albums. His, four albums were trash. He's not a good album in at least six years. Yeah, yeah, he, he quit out his, his first two albums were good. Everything after that was pretty bad. Yeah, so you got to start with... <sighs> this kind of goes back to the whole conversation we had last time about does... does success drive art or does art drive success he had a little bit of success and then he went oh well i guess this means i can just start fucking dyeing my hair whatever color and doing whatever i want and he went ahead and did it and guess what it didn't fucking work out and now he's he's slowly pushing himself into the sidebar and the thing is, it kind of happened the opposite way it does with most artists because most artists kind of get complacent and they rest on their laurels or they kind of go mainstream because they want to make more money from it what he did was he attempted to go all like indie and artsy and stuff but he just wasn't very good at it he was re he read too many pitchfork articles he read too many pitchfork articles or or he didn't read enough pitchfork articles 
Yeah, I mean, he he did what he does rather poorly. Um, I mean, I, I just saw the, the Judgmental Cunt song. That one song just it, it sealed the deal for me. I, I'm all set with Kid Cudi at this point. <laughs> uh, unless he returns to, you know, Man on the Moon, that type of uh, aesthetic, that type of... Um, that type of appeal, yeah. I'm all I'm all set, man. I don't need anything more like that. I, you know, like I was telling Doc before. I think I can objectively go on Bandcamp and look up some meme rap and find something that was, ironically, better produced than Judgmental Con. Yeah, it's true. Um, I think that it, what he was going for initially, and, and his his talent kind of lies in, in in melody and choruses and stuff. And when he had the backdrop of sort of like moody, like down tempo hip hop, that actually worked really well. And you know, then he kind of went to he wanted to produce his own music, so he started producing his own stuff. I think he produced the entirety of Indicud, and he kind of had the same thing going. Uh, where it was just kind of, you know, hip-hoppy and kind of down-tempo, but it wasn't good because he produced all of it, and that was pretty much kind of his first foray into production. And then he did the same... People didn't like Indicud, and then he did the same exact thing on Satellite Flight, but he did more of it. It was like instrumentals and stuff. It, only some of it even had his vocals on it. And then he just totally went just batshit with fucking uh, uh, Speeding Bullet to Heaven. Was yeah. there another project in between those? Um, yeah, Um. so here's my thing with Cuddy. The tweet when he's talking about haters, there's nobody on planet Earth that's hating on Kid Cudi. Nobody. Kid Cudi hates on himself. They got the first two albums, Men on the Moon 1 and 2, they're pretty good. I like them, I think they're classics, my personal opinion. But after that, he got he had that project with Dot the Genius and Wizard. It's like a, you know, a pseudo-rock album. Shit was bad. Oh, Wizard. I forgot about yeah, Wizard. Yeah, Wizard. That was, it, was like, it wasn't even a Kid Cudi project. It was Wizard. That was like the group they had, and they haven't had any projects since for a reason. Yeah. And then after that, you know, it was Indicud and Satellite Flight. But if I notice with like, he has like this sort of like delusion to himself. Like when he puts out an album, he'll tweet about people like talking against it because he's taking a different route. Like it goes on a different sound each album, but it's not good. Yeah. And he's thinking, you know, well, they don't like it because I'm taking this route. Not because he, it's not because we think it's bad to him. He thinks it's because we just can't understand because he's on some whole other fucking artistic path that we just can't grasp. That's like like when Speed of Bullet to Heaven came out, he was like, yeah, I'm sorry I don't I don't make music that's for the radio. But like that, like what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? It's like it's like the success he had from the first two albums is like that's the only thing he sees at this point. So he just thinks he's God now. And it's, 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 I mean, personally, it's, I think we should just bring back Akon and call it a day. Why bring back Akon? Why bring back Akon? Well, I mean, it's 2016. We got to throw him a bone at some point. I, I hate to see a man like Akon, uh, with so little to offer, <laughs> just burn out so quickly when we have people like Cuddy pushing out things. All jokes aside, though, um, my I, I hate to compare Cuddy to Kanye, just because they're, they're so different. Um, not even really stylistically, but as far as what they've accomplished, yeah, it's not really fair. But what I what I mean when I compare them is that Kanye has done very well. He say what you want about the man, he's done very well. Little side note, if you don't mind, hit me. Um, his only two good albums, Cuddy's, are standing on the shoulders of Kanye's sound. Right. Just, just, just to put that out there. Yeah. Well, my my whole point in in this little side note here is that 
Kanye and Cuddy kind of do the same thing. Yeah. Where they will say, well, you're just not fucking with it because you don't get it. Because I'm great. And for Kanye, who's had hit after hit after hit after hit album, I mean, it's warranted. Because he's he's an eccentric person uh, pushing out all this stuff, which is typically beloved by the, the community. And then you juxtapose that to Cuddy. And Cuddy had a few hit songs. But then he's, he's pushing this kind of uh, hipster... MU board fucking sound without really like having the backing for it I guess is the best way I can put it yeah I think we're looking at the same artist just two different talent levels really yes exactly that, that's it cause Cuddy has a different sound each album so does Kanye but it's the execution is the difference if you look at mm-hmm. Yeezus it, Speed there's of similar to, personalities yeah. with yeah. different skill levels Speed of Bullet to Heaven is Cuddy's Yeezus it's just not good yeah, you know what I'm I can see that. I can that, see that. That's, that's where he's at. That, that's pretty spot on. Yeah. Um, and, and I feel like the thing is, uh, Wizard was almost his first attempt at that sort of sound. And Wizard, from what I heard, really wasn't nearly as bad. And I think that's the difference, uh, you know, between having some studio musicians around to sort of tell you, oh yeah, that's kind of garbage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like he wasn't really interested in that kind of advice on Speed and Bullet to Heaven. No, I mean that's why he kind of got off of. I feel like that's why he got off good music. Either they weren't fucking with that shit, cause in the there's cut, no way they were fucking. Yeah, with cause that he shit. was he was off good music after the first two albums. Yeah, and then you know Indicut and Speed of Bullet to Heaven and uh, Satellite Flight were on his own imprint. That wasn't all good music, and I think cause they didn't they were, they weren't fucking with that shit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I couldn't <laughs> imagine Kanye listening to Indicut and saying, "Okay, this is good enough to release." Yeah. And that's probably what happened. And he's probably like, "Yeah, yeah, well, fuck you. I'll make my own label." Yeah. I mean, I remember when I was living in my apartment in in uh, Windsor, and I was very heavily into all the new releases. I, I was very on top of things, on top of the culture. I, I was very involved, at least in the. Uh, in following the the releases and everything. And I never experienced such like a, a communal disappointment than when IndieCud came out. Hmm. I never saw such a disappointment because everybody was waiting and waiting. They thought it was going to be, you know, the next man in the moon, you know? Yeah. And then it, it was what it was. And... It's not like there was a, a large backlash. It's not like there was like a, a drastic outcry and people were proverbially like flipping cars. But I think everybody kind of took a step back and went, huh. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I did. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I remember that. Um, So like, so me and Yellow, we've been friends for like around four years. So I put him on the Kid Cudi. Yeah. Or maybe someone else put him on the Kid Cudi, but I thought I did. And we were big fans of Kid Cudi. He especially loved Man on the Moon, as did I. I think a lot of people did. Yeah, I, I think really that was his album. bread and butter right yeah, there and then, if he kept with that. But go it, on. Indicut came out. And it came out like midnight. It was before, like, I was still in high school. It was, it was like a Sunday or some shit. And then that next day, he texted me in the morning. He's like, yo, Indicut is trash. <laughs> and I looked at the <laughs> He's text. He's not wrong. I looked at the text. I'm like, no way. It's not possible. We're talking it's about not King. possible. It's not. It's like, it, this is like oh. like when, when Nas dropped Illmatic and then you're like, and then someone heard it was written. They're like, yo, man, it's not as good. And I was like, no way. That's not possible. This yeah. is not, there's no way. And I heard it and I'm like, oh shit, it's fucking whack. <laughs> like when, with that song uh, with uh, Michael Bolton 
I forgot, I forgot what it's called, but it was with uh, Michael Bolton and King Chip. It was like nine minutes long. It was probably one of the worst songs I ever heard. It was fucking crazy. It was a scary departure. Um, and another thing with uh, with Cuddy is uh, like him coming at Kanye. I don't really get why, but you know, a lot of people. I see people say on Twitter that they people are giving Cuddy credit for Kanye's direction because. Cuddy, you know, he's on that moody shit too, like Kanye, and he has like three writing credits on a couple songs like 808 and Heartbreak, uh, like uh, Welcome to Heartbreak, Heartless, and Paranoid. Mm-hmm. And I like those songs. But people seem to think that Cuddy's like the sole director of that sound. No. No, I, not at all. I mean, I, I, I'm saying that's, that's just what I see. That's what I've seen a couple of people say that. Like, I see one person on Twitter say, um, dude, I went to high school, but he was like, um, Cuddy wrote the entire 808s. I don't know if y'all knew that. But if you check the credits, obviously that's not true. No. But some people seem to think that like Cuddy is like the leader of this shit. Like even like ASAP Rocky said, you know, uh, Cuddy is father to most of you niggas. Uh, y'all better pay respect. And it sounds like <laughs> tribalism. That sounds to me like, uh, you, you know, you heard in the tweet how he, he puts out props to ASAP and, and yeah. whoever else. Yeah, I think anyone who agrees playing. with him, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, it's ass-kissing. Yeah, and he's like, you know, I am a culture. But if you look at, like, and he's coming at Ye, who has, like, probably the biggest influence out of all rappers since, like, what? Since Jay-Z? Something like that. Yeah. So it's, it's like, it, it, you can't come not for the, the most, but, like, pretty yeah. happy. Yeah, like, you can't come for the Don. Almost more than, probably more than Jay-Z. Yeah. Jay-Z has more albums, but Kanye changed his sound every album. As far as the... The premise that Cuddy fathered 808s and and that he took he commandeered Kanye's style, so to speak. Um, spiritually, he might have been there. You know, I, I'm not gonna go out and say that Cuddy sucks and I'm gonna bash Cuddy, but you know, just because he's on that sound and then Kanye adopts that sound for an album, that doesn't mean that just because he's got a couple writing credits. Oh, he he made the album. He fucking yeah. built it from the ground up, and Kanye was just there for the ride. No, not even close. It, yeah. It, yeah, and I disagree with that because if you listen to Cuddy's album right before that, the one that kind of got him signed, um, what was it called? The kid named Cuddy. Yeah, it doesn't sound sense. anything like 808s and Heartbreaks. It's kind of it, it's just fun, like you know, pothead music basically. Yeah. And um, and 808s was really you know minimal, and that's exactly what it is. It's 808s. It's just kind of it, it's you know, distorted 808 drums and stuff, and it's it's yeah. really nothing like that. Yeah, and as, as good as Man on the Moon 1 and 2 are, I don't think he could even make 808s on Heartbreak. He couldn't. Like, even, like, if you just consider, like, the hits on the songs, like, I mean, the hits on that album. Just the very precise aesthetic of yeah, it, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think Cuddy needs to, like, smoke a lot of DMT and experience ego death. Yeah. And y'all also forgot to tell you, man, this new album, Passion, Praying, and Demon Slaying, is this the new Cuddy? It's new Cuddy. It's coming oh, out this month. He announced it. Oh, Lord. It's 18 tracks. Are we doing a review? We have to. When it comes out, yeah. We'll oh, God. This is, this is necessary. We have to. It's an hour and a half long. Oh. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it through that. I might, like, slip my wrists and fucking yeah, so climb into a bathtub. Like, right out, the, right out the gate, he's already fucking up. I've never heard of any hip-hop album that's 90 minutes long. That's great. <laughs> I haven't. This think is think really of any upsetting. double disc album. I mean, to Pimp a Butterfly was 80 minutes. Almost. Yeah. Yeah, but that's Kendrick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's one that. thing. That, that's, you can't make that comparison. That's one thing. Talk, that's only 80 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's an extra 10 and it's a double disc. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that shit not working. So, in other news, aside from the burnt out uh, Kid Cudi, we've got a new number one on the billboards. 
Um, and apparently, Drake, uh, for all of his hits uh, that he's been putting out from... Uh, for one thing, I think Views, one thing that kind of confirms that Views was a cash grab was the fact that basically every song by now has been released as like a separate single, and each pretty much every song on there is kind of single material. So it's pretty much just an album of like potential singles. I don't know why you gotta be like that, man. Views was pretty tight. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was like uh, on number one on the billboard for like 13 weeks. Views was? Yeah. Views (laughs) three months? It had all kinds of songs. Triple platinum and shit, yeah. Triple platinum? Triple platinum. That's not a triple platinum album though. It's not. That's like a well. Actually, it is because it's really the main. Uh, the main factor here is is like mainstream appeal, and that is the only thing he has going for him. But it's that... like a black plastic vinyl album. Like that's some shit you get at the fucking local bargain bin car wash. Yeah, yeah you could have found that at Blockbuster for like five ninety nine, dude. But you, that that's that's usually the shit that's popular, man. Why? I, like, I, we're not gonna get into a whole we're not gonna, like, yeah. yeah. Well, what is real hip hop but you know like <laughs> I, that just upsets me when it gets to the point that you're buying the brand not really the product you know what I mean yeah yeah, yeah. that's a, that's just kind of how we are that's beats just, I feel like that's just kind of how people categorize things in their in their heads and, and labels kind of capitalize off of that yeah. Um, one thing I do kind of dislike about hip hop, as far as like the culture goes, is that more so than we just lost all our fans. We don't have any fans. We just lost them all when you said that. Oh, all right. Well, it, it was a good run, guys. <laughs> gonna call it right there. It's gonna be uh, episode two of Sundercast, disbanding the the podcast. Uh, see you later. Nice words. Oh no, all I'm saying is like, it's kind of like classic rock where you meet somebody who's like all about Floyd or all about Rush and like you say one bad thing about a Rush song or you say one bad thing about a Floyd song and you're like oh I didn't really like Dark Side of the Moon and immediately their whole attitude towards you change yeah. it's it's almost like identity politics yeah. instead of politics instead of being like I'm a conservative or I'm a liberal <laughs> yeah, I'm a it's, it's more fan. like I'm a Drake fan <laughs> that's, you know yeah. That, yeah that that's just that's how people people take pride in what they like I guess and, and well that's fine but you don't have to be it, it's almost like like Drake Wahhabism like Drake Drake Crusade yeah, we, there should be a new Drake album called The Crusade, where he addresses his rabid fans that have no taste. Yeah, well, apparently uh, the the Drake has been dethroned for number one on the Billboard charts by Big Baby Dram featuring Lil Yachty. Uh, they've got a song Broccoli. It's been out for a while. I, I actually I heard it probably over a month ago, but. Um, Actually, I don't. I don't hate the song. I think it's cool. I think it's a fun song. I like the beat. I like the little refrain in the chorus. Um, I think the chorus is pretty catchy. Obviously, the verses are are pretty garbage. Um, you know, the song's content is pretty non-existent. But as far as radio rap goes, I think it hits all the marks and it manages to not be insufferable. I, I actually did enjoy this somewhat. Um... Much more than a lot of Liliati's other stuff that I've heard. Primarily because I saw the video and I realized that it was not being taken seriously whatsoever. So I, I, I allowed myself to have fun with it mm-hmm. as opposed to just blasting it like I usually do. Yeah. Um, 
I gotta say, I was impressed with Dram and his his attitude in the video and his his approach to the song. Yachty was just kind of there. I, w- I would say Yachty was really just there. I don't know who the headliner on this one is. It Dram or is it Yachty? It's it, Dram's song featuring yeah. Yachty. But honestly, without Yachty, this is this song probably isn't on the radio. I yeah. think that's why a lot of people like the song because of Yachty. Yeah. Yeah, but um, honestly, I mean, I like it. I think it's a fun song. Well, if that's I the case, say, then Dram yeah. stole the show. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I feel like most people are like, yo, man, there's Yachty on it. I don't know. How, I don't know how many people are Dram fans. I never heard anyone say that. Maybe because I haven't <laughs> met them. I haven't had the you know displeasure of meeting them, but um, I mean, it's a good song if, if like if you're in the club or something. I guess you know, cool song to just bop to, but it, it does bop. I, I I don't want to listen to it, like it's not my jam. It's not the shit I listen to. It's a good novelty. I I don't take any express pleasure in in listening to it. I mean, I I've listened to Malagoomba. I've listened to some goofy ass songs. You know. Mm-hmm. And I do take pleasure in, in something absurd once in a while, but yeah. something of this caliber, like of this low caliber kind of cookie cutter, ridiculous kind of, you know, just tossing out a fun little track to keep people pacified and, and having fun with your, your shit and, yeah. you know, staying relevant. I get that. And I respect it. But at the same time, it's not really my cup of tea. Yeah. And I really don't think it deserves to be number one. Um, again, it's a good novelty. I have fun with it. But w- what's the meat and potatoes? It's Little Yachty with a feature on some dude song that I never fucking heard of. Yeah. And the only people who are going to be defending this are going to be like the the meme rap fans. The ones who are like, man, this, this shit bumps, man. You don't know what you're talking about, man. Those guys, and then you're gonna get the people who like really just ironically fuck with it because it's Lil Yachty. Yeah. Because because Lil Yachty is cold in Minnesota. I feel like yeah, I feel like a lot of uh, Lil Yachty's fans are ironic. Oh yeah, I mean if if we're really looking at the man himself, the guy clearly doesn't take what he does seriously. If you've if you've seen any of his videos, uh, like we did, I've seen a few of his videos. Like he, you might think that he's really really bad and he kind of takes himself seriously and he's one of those guys. But if you see the videos, he's just kind of like, you know, whipping his head around and wearing these goofy outfits and and he clearly doesn't take what he's doing seriously. And and he kind of he he's so not self serious. To the point where it kind of borders on irony himself. So I really that with that said, I'm not really sh- sure I know how to feel about him. I can't hate him, you know. I mean, Lil Yachty's kind of like a tennis ball. He's flamboyantly colored. Okay. And uh, <laughs> well, he's got those those ridiculous red dreads that I, I with the beads. absolutely hate. Yeah. Um, but no, he he's ridiculous. You can pretty much do whatever you want with him. And yeah. if he disappears, guess what? We got like three more in the tube just like him. Mm. I mean, I, I think I could hate him. I don't fuck with him. He, no, you can he, hate he, him. He, he There's no real point to it. He, he doesn't take... I mean, hold up. Hate's a strong word. That's hate is a strong, strong word. strong word. I don't like his shit. I mean, he doesn't take himself serious. I mean, I get that, but it doesn't mean I'm supposed to just be cool with that shit. Like, I don't listen to this shit just to hear some motherfucker that doesn't care so he can get some money. Like, because when I'm listening to it, how do I benefit? 
it's for his benefit so he could get rich off yeah. some stupid shit. So like, I, I don't really fuck with that. Shit I, I agree. You know, like hate's a strong word. I just think we should send his whole extended family to Siberia. Yeah, hate his music, not him. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I mean, to be fair, uh, one th- I, I don't like that, you know, him not taking this seriously on one hand is just kind of disrespectful, like, again, to the culture that allows him to have this platform. But I think that's more of a problem with this generation in general's attitude towards the culture than yeah. him specifically. Because his fans don't like... He has genuine fans. Like, I don't think it's just... I don't know, he has, like, genuine fans. Like, a couple of dudes I work with, they, they love it listen to his shit like they think this shit is dope like it's on one night cause it bumps yeah like they think that shit is actually a good song and that shit's crazy to me but that just shows how low the bar has gone because if you the, the thing about one night is we've been kind of eased into this really like bad sound where if this were you know say what you want about early 2000s mid 2000s radio rap but if uh, one night or yeah one night was put on the radio in let's say 2005 people would think it was a joke people wouldn't that wouldn't say oh here's that new dope rap song people would like would be like what is this because it sounds like a bad demo the singing is really bad there's not enough auto-tune to cover it up it's not when i first heard it on the radio the first thing i thought was this is on the radio like how is this on the radio like i've heard some bad stuff but that's by far the worst as far as just lazy singing lazy musicianship lazy everything everything about that song one night broccoli i don't hate broccoli is fun one night is one of the worst songs i've ever heard one night is just terrible everything about the song is lazy you know what i think i think that given the accessibility i think i said something similar to this last episode but the accessibility to hip-hop now and the oversaturation in the scene has lowered people's standards to the point where we are okay with just about anything as long as it has, like, a clean production, like a clean mix. Yep. And the guy can just sound however the fuck he sounds. Yeah, exactly. And you throw two and two together, and you have a song that doesn't... It's not totally offensive to your ears. People just lap it up. You know, it's it's like putting bread in front of a horse they'll just eat it yeah yeah, yo, when, <laughs> yeah when I first heard this song somebody played, played it for me at work he played a couple songs I'm like is, is he fucking with me like I, I didn't think he was serious I'm like he's really he really likes this song like I'm like this is what this is the shit you're on this is what you like I'm like yo, I'm like how the fuck could you like like his voice is like it's like clearly bad like how like, like how did you feel when you first turned the song on and the beat came on and you first heard him come in and start singing the chorus like I know you want when you first heard that how did oh. you feel I felt like fighting somebody <laughs> I, I felt like, my dick invert into my body yeah man I, I thought me and my coworkers should just just sprawl it out because that song is oh my god I don't. Even, I mean, Yadi he might be the worst thing out in hip hop right now. I mean, this. I'm a guy who who met his wife in the comment section of a of a Death Grips video. Yeah. But like, realistically, how low can you go? That low. That that is the lowest. That is the bottom of the Mariana Trench. Yeah. I mean, if it ten years ago when you know fucking Laffy Taffy came out, we'd oh. probably say. If we were doing this podcast 10 years ago, we'd be like, yeah, this is the lowest. Thing. We'd probably, I wish we we'd did We'd be this. having the same exact conversation. Yeah, I, wish I think we that's what you were saying a couple minutes ago. back. 
We'd be having the same conversation about D4L or them franchise boys. We would. But even <laughs> then, but even then with those, like yeah. there wasn't bad singing on those songs. There weren't the mix was clean. Like if you if even those songs as vapid as they were, they were complete. They were know? complete songs. Yeah. And if you were to put like in that era, if you were to put this song on the radio, people would think it was a joke. Yeah, it just gets lower. So I'm thinking in ten years, man, what the fuck are we really? Just like beeping at? sounds and shit. Just like it's gonna sound like dial up. Yeah. yeah. It's gonna be people speaking in tongues over dial up. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I mean so speaking of uh speaking of speaking in tongues, I'd like to call attention to something. Go for it. Pete Rock retaliated to uh, who was it last episode that called Yachty. out Pete Lil Rock? Yachty. Yachty was it well, Lil Yachty we were just talking yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. well Pete Rock came out and retaliated against the uh, the the charges brought against him if you will yeah and he basically said and what were these charges that he's that he's old and he's that he's old and, and washed up and irrelevant okay and his basic response was Lil Yachty, get the fuck out of my music scene, re. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I, and and the thing about that is, I saw a lot of people posting up articles and all kinds of shit. Like, don't be that guy. Uh, you know who's the, the that guy like a mumble rapper? No, the, uh, the, no, I wish. Don't oh, be that Lord. guy who's who's ranting about real hip hop, like as as far as like directed at Pete Rock. Like, yeah, don't be that guy. Like, like Pete Rock's rebuttal was like a faux pas. Well, I and I I am the furthest person from the real hip hop argument. Um, when you have a style like hip hop, like say Jay Z, Eminem, um. I don't know, dude, Kanye West. When you have a defined kind of set of parameters that define what you're doing, um, and those parameters really make or break what it is as far as putting it in a box goes, Yeah. Uh, you can't really fuck with that without the thing either evolving or becoming something completely different, or both. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say a lot of what's being pushed out right now falls more under like a, a R&B or soul category as opposed to hip hop or rap. Um, I personally believe trap music is a separate entity. And I, think, I agree. I think that some, it's like a Venn diagram in the middle somewhere. Sometimes it blurs, but for the most part, you have separate entities. Now, what I mean in bringing that up is that when you take somebody like Pete Rock, who's been in this very defined set of parameters for a long time, you know, relatively, when he, he's been doing things within this, this... We're talking over 30 years. Yeah. When he's been acting out in this scene that has defined parameters, that has a very set way of doing things, that has something that, you know, you... You know what it is, and you expect certain things from it. Yeah. And then somebody just waltzes in, puts a decent beat, and then overlays, like, some really lazy, shitty vocals over it. Yeah. And people just like it because it bumps. I mean, that's kind of, like, the difference between, I don't know, 
Darude Sandstorm and Dubstep. You know what I mean? My whole point in, in this whole discussion is... Are we calling it what it is? Or are we just kind of forcing it into this box? Into this, again, set of parameters. Um, you know, Pete Rock, very established. What he does is indicative of the genre. You know, you, you listen to things that he's worked on and you yeah. say, well, that's that. You know, you recognize it. Yeah. But all this new stuff, you know, Liliati, it's hard to define. It is. And a lot of it kind of splits off into all this different stuff and it becomes its own unique thing. And it's like, we don't really even have a word for it. No. I mean, you can say mumble rap, but is it, are we going to walk mm. around calling it mumble rap? What no. is it? It's just it, it's 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 just what hip hop sounds like right now, and I think that and people complain that hip hop refuses to you know uh, break down into subgenres. I feel like when rock music broke down into subgenres, it kind of started to disband as a genre, and I think that hip hop doesn't want to do that. I think that hip hop wants to you know have Pete Rocks and Aesop Rocks and Lil Yachty's all in the same category so that it kind of stands strong as a genre. Where, you know, if, um, let's say, uh, what's a good, you know, kind of underground rapper who doesn't really get a hold of Oh, I don't know, man. Like K Reno, maybe? K Reno, okay. Let's say K Reno, okay? Now, K Reno, who, who, who's, who, who, he's a talented guy. He's from the South. If you don't know about him, check him out. Look him up. Song Don't Like None is pretty top. Pretty, pretty, pretty top. But when you you have somebody like Lil Yachty who is is maybe not as talented and is putting out like a crappy song, K Reno's name is still attached to the genre that Lil Yachty is pushing forward on the radio. So K Reno still benefits from hip hop being the reigning genre. If it was like split into subcategories, uh, i.e. metal or prog e. metal, rock, it doesn't it, it, he doesn't get that same benefit. You know what I mean? He, I feel that he can't he can't piggyback off of that, and I and I feel like a lot of there are a lot of uh, great artists who you know benefit from from piggybacking off of that, and you know I'm, I don't mean that in a negative way. I, I think that they deserve to be able to piggyback off of that because they kind of built it. I think where you and I are having a disagreement is that I'm looking at this as though hip hop is going through a very uh, divisive period right now where those subgenres are being formed they are and, and they're kind of being they've always kind of been there though you've you've had you've had southern hip hop you've you've had kind of had that bling. even in the 90s with master p you had really vapid blingy you know 808 southern hip hop right. you've always had that you've always had um you know that kind of 90s new york thing and you you, you know you, you had the wu tang kind of sounded a lot different than everybody else and you always had a really big diversity of sounds well, it's kind of like a raft, you know, the the rope has broken and now all the logs are starting to drift apart. Well, not yet. That's the thing. The rope is is uh, almost breaking. It, well, that's like, my it's point. Like, is it's that like the break is the rope is strained. We're at ground zero. We're yeah. watching it happen as it happens. Yeah. I could I could I could see. So, that. you know, I I guess what I can say is my assessment of the situation is looking too far ahead. Yeah. But I still believe that that's what's happening. I think that that hip hop is now splintering into several subgenres that are now going to be, uh, I guess, more prominently displayed than the the father genre itself. 
In time, at least. (laughs) Speaking of meme rappers with brightly colored hair and um, hip-hop legends, uh, there was actually uh, a thing uh, that that actually James Flynn and I were talking about, uh, a video that we had seen earlier in the week, where Lil Uzi Vert, who is kind of in the similar boat, kind of a mumble rapper, you know, raps over trap beats to, to Lil Yachty, uh, where he was on a radio show and he refused to rap over a traditional hip hop beat. He hmm. didn't want he didn't want a traditional hip hop beat, meaning he didn't want no DJ Premier, nothing like that. He he wanted a slow tempo trap banger. That's he's what, like, man, don't, don't play me no old ass beats. That's I don't hear none of them beats, none that's of them shits. And that's how he said it, just like that. Um, wow. Have you ever, ever heard the Uzi Vert before? I can't say that I have. I've definitely heard the name before. I know that he's kind of becoming a player. Yeah, he's um, he comes from the same tree as Yachty. Ah. Uh, yeah. Um. All right. Well, my expectations are high. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, he was at the station, and they wanted to play. They played. Uh, what was that first beat they played? I think it was that RoboCop beat, right? He played played RoboCop. Uh, yeah, Kanye West. They played RoboCop, and he he did a uh, so-called freestyle. That was clearly like some future song that probably won't come into fruition now. And like the bars are fucking garbage. It I think was everything he was talking about was was fucking bitches and getting money. Now usually that's some simple shit. Someone would get tatted, like the, you know the mentality of fucking bitches getting money. But that's his whole his whole music wave. Like <laughs> it doesn't go deeper. Yeah, now he he doesn't care about rap at all. Um, they I think I don't know his shit. Like he gets me madder than Yachty because Yachty just like he just like like some. He clearly so, doesn't care. Yeah, he he's just having, he's fun. just fucking around. Yeah, he just he's just he's just, he's just a kid in the candy store. Yeah, that's what hip hop is for Yachty. But this dude, man, oh. my God, like I he's feel just like, straight up exploiting. Yeah, like if I met this dude, I'd fight him. He's more, se- <laughs> he's more self serious. Yeah, he's definitely more self serious. He's just kind of got that like look on his face, like the kind of like blank oh, look on his yeah. face, where it's just like you know, no play no old ass beat. Like he didn't want to fucking hear it. Yeah, that's that's my least favorite person. Just like a when when people dumb, talk about ignorant like, motherfucker. That's what we're looking at right now. When when the old timers talk about like the young kids coming in and being fucking like upstart douchebags, this is who they're. This is this is the embodiment of that. Um, yeah. And uh, it's kind of it was kind of weird because I figured the reason he didn't want to rap over an old beat was because it was it would be too fast for him because a DJ Premier beat would be an eighty to ninety BPM. And, and that would be like the da, 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 da. you kind of have to have some kind of mid-tempo but he's used to rapping over trap beats that are somewhere in the neighborhood of like 50 BPM where instead of it's not like it's like it's almost half as fast and you could tell when he played the Robocop beat which is kind of somewhere in between those two where he was really straining to say his lyrics fast enough you could tell that he had written those previously uh, to you know uh, some 50 BPM trap beat and now uh, this guy's playing the Robocop beat which is probably you know higher up there maybe 70 BPM or something like that Mm -hmm. and he's like really straining to say his lyrics fast enough And, and, and so I guess you know, that well, you is know why. what? When you play a game on easy, you're gonna suck when you up the difficulty. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and even Absol has something to say about it. He's like, yeah, all these uh these little dudes, like the little rapper, the little yeah, guy. He's like, yeah, these little guys. Yeah, he, he's like, you guys are as weak as it um weak as it takes to make the earth. Like you know, like to say that fucking the um the earth was created in a week. Yeah. Yeah. So he has something. He had, that's what he had to say about that. He's like, we don't pass on primo beats in this game. 
Because any other rapper, any other respectable rapper wouldn't pass on that. They'd be like, oh, good, I get to fucking rap over a primo beat. If you, yeah, yeah. No, share what I if got. He, you know? he should have jumped at the chance, is yeah. what you're saying. Before they, even, before they even played him the fucking beat, he was like, no, no, don't do that. You know what I'm saying? It's like when someone like has to like some you know fresh ass house and he coming in with some dirty boots. Like no, 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 don't come into my house with that shit. That's what he's like. Don't come at me with no old ass beats. I'm my own. He thought he was lane. better than. Yeah, yeah. That's he he was to me. Than that's that's I, you know how what? I see it. I wouldn't even say that. I think that he played it up like he was better than that. And in reality, he was scared that he was gonna look stupid. He knew he he knew his yeah. shit was gonna sound awful over because he, he knows he's bad and he knew he couldn't rap fast enough to to. And that, be over that beat. When when you are afraid of challenging yourself in a craft, especially in in a high profile, uh, high attention game like this, that just shows that you're in it for no other reason than like an easy paycheck, and that th- you really have no uh, discernible value in the scene. Yeah, and and, and honestly, DJ Premier, if you were to ask most people, like most hip hop heads. You know who, who's the best producer of all time? Nine out of ten are gonna say DJ Premier. And just to put things in perspective, um, I think in two thousand or two thousand one, Christina Aguilera paid DJ Premier eighty thousand dollars for one beat. Well, first off, good for him. Second, I, th- what was this kid's name? Little Uzi? What? Little Uzi Vert? Yeah, the Uzi Vert. Uzi yeah, I guess the Vert? Uzi means because he he raps fast. The Uzi is he raps well, fast. Well, apparently not. Yeah. Well, it's it's because he raps fast. Over, he kind of does like a double time meter over slower beats, so it kind of messes him up going into a different tempo. Oh, okay. So he's like over specialized in a certain he's, style. He's over specialized into these 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 trap beats that are pretty much the same tempo every time, the same drum patterns every time, where he doesn't have to step outside of that. That that's just so upsetting. To, you know, I, I'm not a rapper by any means. I'm not really a lyricist. You know, nothing similar to that. But if I were, and this guy, this this huge, influential, uh, famous, like, the basically the production god yeah. came down and was about to bless me with, like, some shit. If he was gonna fucking, like clear the Red Sea and pass down from the heavens and hand me a fucking compact disc with a beat on it and said, like, hey, have fun? Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, even if I sucked, I would work up and try to use that beat and be like, you know, thank you, bass god. And instead, it's kind of like fucking sweet 16. It's like, hey, Sarah, we got you a, a Mercedes. I wanted the Passat. Yeah, and also, it's on Hot 97. I don't know if you've ever seen Hot 97. This has I know of Hot 97. Yeah, it's got Rosenberg and uh, Ebro. Ebro's a corny motherfucker. Ugh. Fuck Ebro. But then they're like, after he did like his little fucking freestyle over uh, that Kanye beat, they're like, yeah, bro, that was, that was dope. Like, he, let, he literally said he was nice. He said that over the, the, the really shitty freestyle where he strained to go fast enough over the Kanye beat. The guy... Who's been, you know, at the station? How long? How long has Ebro been there? You think? Probably like twenty years. Twenty years. A guy who's 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 seen Nas come up, Eminem come up, Cannabis come up, Jay Z come up, all the people before him, looked at that and said, "Yeah, he's nice, like nice as in good at what he does." I'm I'm not sure what I'm hearing right now. Are you telling me that this guy who who gave props to all these like these big hitter uh, individuals? 
saw like a really subpar dude and just kind of threw him a bone. Well, not that he gave him props, but he saw like that era of rap mm-hmm. and he fucks with this too. And he, he it <sighs> seems like, but the thing is, it seems like you can't, you can't ever uh, trust a big name on what they have to say about new rappers because they're no. always going to co-sign it. And you know, I, I so there was something, you know, a cute couple years ago about Nas co-signed Soldier Boy or something like that. And, and there's always, it's always some shit like that. If you were to ask right now, if you were to, you know, uh, ask Kendrick Lamar, you know, what do you think of Lil Uzi Vert? Not, you know, him being probably the best rapper out right even. now, he would probably be like, Oh yeah, man, he's doing his thing. He's dope. He's not gonna say. He's not gonna say. Oh yeah, he fucking sucks. I'm way better than him. They just be, they just don't do that. I mean, I, he's I, not gonna just straight dick on him. I mean, like, out of. I mean, for Kendrick, I've heard Kendrick talk about a couple rappers who I don't really fuck with, like like Future. Um, he was talking about Drake and Future, like what he thought. He's like, yeah, you know, they did their thing. He just kept it at that. He didn't say, yo, they're dope. He just said they did their thing. Yeah, so, I, so, I can respect that. And then they, they asked him about Troy Ave. If you don't know who Troy Ave, Troy Ave is he's also one of the corniest fucking dudes out. But he's actually locked up right now. So <laughs> that, that's actually a blessing in disguise because I mean, it's too bad he's in jail. But we don't get to hear any of his more any music from him anymore, which is pretty good. Because he's, he's like a mix of, of Jadakiss and 50 Cent. Like, he sounds like them, but he's not as good as Jadakiss at all. And he doesn't have the pop appeal of 50 Cent. Okay. And um, what about fucking Troy F? Um, yeah, so Kendrick was talking about, they asked him about Troy F, because Troy F said in his song, Kendrick Lamar is just a weirdo rapper. And this was back when Kendrick Lamar blew up with Good Kid Mad City. And that's what, that's a what he A weirdo rapper. Yeah, weirdo rapper. That's how he just Just the worst kind. You already, yeah, you already yeah. know he's the worst fucking kind yeah, of Yeah, they asked Kendrick, he's like, yeah, so what do you think of Troy F, you know, saying all stuff? Like, he's like, well, you know, I never really paid attention to his music or, or, or him in general. So like, you know, this is in this interview I saw, so I'm like, all right, you know, that's pretty cool. As long as he ain't co-signing shit. I think Kendrick might be in a different spot because he, remember they asked him on Twitter, who's your favorite rapper right now? He said, Earl Sweatshirt. And they asked fucking Drake, who's your favorite rapper right now? Like, who do you think is going to say fucking like Chance or... Future. Fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say yeah, Future. Fu- yeah, I don't future. even think he would say Chance. Yeah, he said Future or Gucci. Probably, yeah. Yeah, because like when, when fucking Gucci got out of jail... Drake, Drake, Drake is a, yeah. He's so fake. Everything, <laughs> everything with Drake. Drake is so fake that everything with him is a power play, though. If yeah. someone asked him who his favorite rapper is, he would take that as an opportunity to to either to big somebody up that might benefit him in the future. Yeah. You know what I mean? It would be a power play. That's yeah, just like, how it works. Like when fucking Lil Herb and Lil Bibby had their like little moment, like back when like Chicago gun violent rap was like dope. Yeah, like so like four years ago, whatever. Like he was like, yeah, you know, I'm usually not bump. the Chief Keef era. Yeah, Chief that era, Keefer, that yeah. era, yeah, oh, yeah. The era that he ushered in. Yeah, Drake was like, yeah, yeah. Drake was like, yeah, you know, uh, I'm usually bumping some hood shit like Lil Herb, but you would never hear him say it anymore. Yeah, no, not, you won't because it's not relevant. Yeah, that's that's really how Drake is, man. Yeah. Shit is sad. Well, we caught, we went uh, we went a little bit over on those, uh, so I don't think we will be able to discuss the Billboard today, unfortunately. Thank God. But uh, we basically <laughs> talked about the Billboard. We, whatever we said about. You know, Yachty and Uzi Vert. That's what we say about the uh, dope. Let's get into this motherfucking Travis Scott album, yeah. man. Uh, oh, man. Okay, so. I feel like this is going to be, uh, we're going to be a little divided on this. Yeah, so this is the the finale of the of the podcast. Yeah. Travis Scott, Birds in the Trap Sing McKnight. I'm going to give you a little dish about Travis Scott. So, previous to this album, I was a little doubtful about Travis Scott. Because... Mm-hmm. At no point do you ever hear any dope lyrics from him. Right. You just hear, like, what he's known for is, you know, the good beats or putting a good song together. And what Yeah! I, 
Uh, yeah, like, like, straight up. Like, that's, like, his straight main... Straight up. That's what people know him for. And when he first came out, like, people were like, yo, Travis is dope. But he had, like, a bunch of shitty songs on a couple of mixtapes. And then he was, um... He had a hand in a production on, uh... On Yeezus, and people are saying he's like one of the bigger, uh, big biggest influences for Yeezus. Right. Yeah. And the guy's a good producer. Yeah. And then his album came out last year, Rodeo, and I heard real, heard Rodeo, and I liked maybe three or four songs, and it's the but the album was like fourteen songs, so it's ten of the songs I really like, and I'm like, okay, I'm not really seeing, I'm not, I mean, I see what people like, but I'm not, I'm not like jumping for joy over Travis Scott. I'm not like the biggest fan of him. I mean, his his biggest influences are Kanye and Cudi. Yeah, like we said, Kanye. Tell, yeah. yeah, like you said, Kanye and Cudi are kind of from the same cloth, so his his influence is kind of the same lane. For his his two biggest influences, kind of the same fucking person. And so, but you know, so I got this out. I'm like, all right, I'm giving it a listen. I like this out. You like some? I do like this out. <clears throat> it's not. There's no songs like Antidote from his last album. It's like one of his biggest hits. Uh, Antidote or 3500 which had like a feature and 2 chains on him there's no like big banger on this album except I think the only song that sounds radio is just like uh, that song with Quavo and Young Thug Pick Up The Phone Pick Up The Phone but about you know, I ain't gonna lie I, I dig that song um, this album like it all sounds like like I was telling you like the other day it sounds like one big cohesive high like the highs and lows of a high and not like the the down parts but just when it gets slowed down or just when it gets fucking crazy like when I hear this album I feel like it's someone in a club dancing or doing whatever but just just like high and drunk that, that's that's just the feeling I get from all of these songs it's just it's just a fucking drug the album itself that's and, and not to say that it's some, some great fucking hip hop masterpiece but that's that's like the feeling I get when I hear the album and the way like the songs segue to each other gets all slowed down like that song uh, the SDP interlude smoke one drink one pop one like when it has like that girl singing in like the background that. I'm like oh shit this is like some spacey shit like oh, yeah. if I like popped up like a like a Molly or something if I was on DMT or something I feel like like that's the sound like this is what this drug sounds like yeah um that, but that, that's what I get like there's like a lot of drug influence in the sound to me that's what I get from and um this uh the intro song, fucking, I think I don't even know what it's called, but it's with uh with three stacks. I, that shit, um, I liked it a lot at first, but now it's like to me it's like a kind of an underwhelming intro. But I like three K on it. But then the, the next few songs, it's not as grand as yeah, the intro to Rodeo. Yeah, I mean just as an intro, I'm just like not too hot on it. But I do like the next song. I think it's way back. I like that one. Uh, I really fuck with uh Beeps and Trap. I don't. That that shit just dope to me. I love that one. Uh, sweet sweet, I like that. Um, sweet sweet, I like sweet sweet. Yeah, fucking. Oh man, what's the other one? Uh, fucking. Was it a uh, first take? I think. It's, I don't know a lot of the track shit. names because I I you know I usually play, with the names. play a game or walk, yeah, take yeah. a walk or I'm something. With the names. With I, I, I got to give like another thirty listens if I want to master the fucking track list. Yeah. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that. But you know. Um, you know, it's, it's it's a really cohesive album. Whether you like it or not, you can't say that it doesn't flow like one whole piece. You know, um, well that, that doesn't say whether it's a good or bad piece, but it, it but it is tied together pretty well to me. Oh, if the continuity is excellent, yeah. I'll, I'll give it that. Yeah, the production is dope, but on the lyric side, he he doesn't ever show up. But that, I think that's just what he's not going to do. But that doesn't mean he gets a pass just because he's influenced by people who aren't necessarily like the most technical rappers like Kanye and Kid Cudi. That doesn't give him a pass, but I guess that's just the lane he's gonna go towards. Yeah. It, but you know, I th- he makes great music for like for like a concert. Like if you were to hear this album in concert, 
I think the shit would be amazing. Like, I think we'd be like, yo, like, if you heard this album in concert and someone played it for you, or like, you heard it there, you'd be like, yo, man, it's just a classic. It's just amazing. But when you sit down, it's not really the same thing. Because there's songs like Coordinate, where he's like, Sun Sam or Skinnies. That shit is garbage. I, <laughs> that was that, that I, I couldn't say that, that shit. <laughs> that song is terrible. I don't like yeah. that song at all. And then it's like, towards the back end, like the last few songs, it kind of just dips for me. And like, if there, obviously there's no good point to dip. I think maybe at the beginning is, is the best part to dip, but not or, the middle and the end are the worst spots Don't to do dip. It. Don't do it. But especially in the fucking end. Actually, no, in the middle. Because when, when it dips in the middle, it's like, man, fuck that. I don't want to hear the other half. But at least he stretches it to the end for me. Or at least yeah. I can get like 70% through the album until I hear something I don't really, really like. And those two songs, uh, I think Guidance and then some other shit that I can't even remember. Because um, I didn't even. Like the song, I'm like, I don't even care to read the fucking title. And then he has the, it ends on this song, Wonderful, with The Weeknd. I, I guess that's, that, I heard that song a long ass time ago, but it somehow made the cut. Like, I heard that song, like, probably a fucking year ago. Like, it's a really old song. And have you heard Radio before? Rodeo? No, I haven't. This, it, this album, it sounds like the same fucking album, but like part two. Can, can I, can I interject here? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I walked into this rather blind. I've never listened to Travis Scott before. I, I didn't even... I was not aware of his existence up until I was sent the link and I listened to the album. And first off, the production, in my personal opinion, is fantastic. I, I agree. love this production. It is great. It reminds me of like an 80s video game, like the Purple Grid, you know, that you'd play like that old-ass polygonal tank game on. <laughs> It's like fucking Tron. That that's what I I think of this production. It's like it kind of draws on the new kind of uh, digital aesthetic, like the virtual aesthetic, and I, I really like that. I really appreciate that. And ultimately, I think that as a uh, as a product, the production is really what carries this because you can take the lyrics in this album and put them anywhere. You can take them and put them fucking anywhere because they're the most cliche, the most typical, the most they're to me they're soulless. Yeah. They're very very typical and cliche and I that's something I can't stand. Um I myself am contrarian and and kind of up my own asshole at times so you know I, I reconcile that with the fact that I might be talking out of my ass here about shit that I have no right talking about but as I listen to this I couldn't help but wonder what if we took these beats and just put something much better over them that's how I always I always think that when I listen to albums like this where it's like if you if you took this production and you put like a like a really really dope lyricist over like maybe Earl Sweatshirt or something like that oh, Earl would like could you could album. you imagine that this shit would be like a 10 out of 10 I mean, but that never happens I mean you do happens. you do get a, a glimpse of that on this cuz there's a Kendrick Lamar feature on there the There song is Goosebumps did you, you you got to that song right yeah, I, well, I got through all the songs. Yeah, do you remember that one? I it's, do. He has like a, like a fucking like, put that pussy on a pedestal. Like he, that's that's like he gets all like fucking crazy with it, and it's a crazy dope verse. Um, it, that could have been an album in itself if he stressed that shit over like yeah, ten he songs. Could, he could, he yeah, could. so that's like the glimpse of it. But I get what you're saying. Like, you don't like the the shitty lyrics on it. Honestly, you could even take all the lyrics off this album and this would be instrumental album oh this could that, definitely I think be, it'd be an a instrumental decent instrument it's a better instrument instrumental album actually to me see my problem what see 
I really don't like talking about features when I discuss the potential of an album because the features are typically like one, two. If it's really heavy on the album, it's a three feature album for, for a single uh, artist. And so while I respect Kendrick's verse and I like Kendrick's verse, I don't look at it like it has the potential to redeem the album. No. No, I don't think like that's like the redeeming factor of the album. I think just to like the point of like a great rapper on. Oh, the album, what what that, could be done? Yeah, with that, it, that's yes. just what I mean with yeah. that. Um, but like I don't know. When I think of the album, like its highlights, that doesn't really come up. It's really just like the sound and like the song structure, not really like the Kendrick verse, because that's just kind of on there on one song and it never appears again. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So just like a little blip on the radar. You know what I'm saying. Well, continuing with the idea of sound structure, I forget the name of the song, but the song where he's talking about. Uh, it's uh, I got a black girl on my mind and a white girl on my snow. Um, what was it? Is that the one? She he's says like... she wants more, so I'm gonna get some more. Like that just got so repetitive and like honestly, like with the lyrics though, that like, was weak to me. They're all just as bad, so it's hard to like pick apart like a line and and then know what song you're talking about. Well, that that's true, but my <laughs> my point in bringing that up is not to single out a single song it's just to single out this this structure that he has where he'll pick a kind of catchy series of words mm-hmm. like he'll, he'll focus in on one idea he'll zero in on it and that'll be what the song is about and that's fine because a lot of people do that but at the end of the day a lot of them are like that one line becomes the entire song just yeah. looped over and over and over and you can talk about how great the production is all day. It doesn't do it any justice. Yeah. Doesn't do enough for you. No, no, no. It, it just doesn't. It doesn't tickle me in, in the right areas. Yeah. It's I like can... it's like I'm stepping on thumbtacks. Thanks. Um, for me, uh, c- coming off. Thank you. Uh, for me, coming off this album, uh, or actually coming off Rodeo. Uh, pr- for me. Rodeo, I didn't really, I didn't like it that much. Um, I, I liked some of the songs on there. I liked 3500. I liked Antidote. I think that when I first listened to it, I liked it more than I did any any listens after that. I'm talking about Rodeo now. And and here's why. Because when I, I, I listened to the, the introduction, and I thought that was really cool. It was so cool. And it had kind of, I could hear the Man on the Moon kind of cutty influence. And I could mm-hmm. hear oh, how it was going to... With uh, T.I. talking on it? Yeah, where yeah, he's like, yeah. yeah, and I could hear it, and I was like, oh, man, this is going to be a really cool concept album, and, and you know, I already heard it, I was like, oh, wow, the, I know Travis Scott's a really good producer, so, you know, the production's going to be really great on this, and I, and I was really, and it just didn't go all the way. It didn't go lyrically, it didn't go vocally, and it kind of, and, and even production-wise, it kind of stayed in the box of just trap beats, where it was like, okay, each beat had a different melody, but the fucking tempo's the same, the drums are the same, it's just that... It, no matter what, it's just gonna drop into that. Like it's just it's that that kind of when when a, when an album just has trap beats on it, that can kind of that gets really repetitive to me. And it also again it didn't connect lyrically, so it was okay. But I coming off of that, I was excited for what he could do next because I feel like he was an artist that had a lot of potential. Um, you know, he's obviously an intelligent guy. He's obviously, uh, he's obviously got a good, uh, 
a good handle on what he does production wise and, and creating songs and creating albums and stuff. So coming out into this album, I was like, oh, okay, Travis Scott got something new out. I, I really wasn't, I didn't have low or high expectations. I was, I was just kind of curious about what he would come out with. And I've got to say that I like it a little bit better than Rodeo. Uh, I think that it suffers from the same problems as Rodeo, uh, where it has some very uh, repetitive production choices where, uh, you know, I, I think that overall the production is better because it's more varied. Um, I, you know, like Slam and Buchanan said, uh, it's got a, it's got some very cool sonic aesthetic to it. Um, I actually think that the grandness and the switch-ups and kind of almost harken back to My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy a little bit. I can see some of that, especially near the beginning with those like distorted guitar solos and, and stuff like that. And I, I really, really enjoyed those. I, I like that. And, um, and, but it still suffers from that same problem where it kind of just, you know, no matter what, it's going to kind of go back to that same trap beat with the same, you know, drums and the same tempo. And also the lyrics didn't really connect at all where, you know, you have this big grand instrumental and it's just, uh, you know, you're expecting, and then it just goes back into, you know, uh, something about bitches. That, that's and, exactly my issue with it is that it, it has so much to offer and yet it fails to deliver. I think it was, it's more interesting for me. It was a much more interesting listen than the Isaiah Rashad album from last week. Oh, clearly. Um, you know, <laughs> he's, he, it flows better. Uh, it, it doesn't, you know, it, there's a lot more varied sounds on here, but it, it suffers from the same problems that plagued Rodeo. It's that he's not a good lyricist. He doesn't care. He's, he's, the thing is, I think that he's post lyrics. And I think that a lot of trap, a lot of trap rappers are post lyrics where lyrics do not uh, make up a significant part of the composition of the song. They're just there kind of uh, as a, uh, as a vessel for the flows. Well, if that's true, then why even include them? Why don't people just become producers and, and become like scat rap? <laughs> <laughs> oh. okay. I think DJ Khaled's stroking out over here. Yeah. yeah, the thing that got me fucked up with this album was before it came out, like the title birds in the trap he said it had to do with like people being trapped in social situations being constricted by life or your parents or him being constricted as an artist by his label that's what he said that was the inspiration behind this album but if you look at the content none of that is even there this is like I, that's strictly, bullshit yeah it's like it has nothing yeah. like if, if I that, didn't that's even, some artsy fartsy bullshit yeah, like, that he threw up to draw people in that was a fishing lure and yeah like if, I heard that went I'm like, in for that you fell for it yeah like some dude who's inspired by like Kanye and Kanye I'm like alright he's really about to take it there and when I hear it I'm like None of that shit's there. Like it, yeah, at all. Like, what's he talking about? Fucking bitches and some girl on coke or some stupid shit. Yeah, some girl on coke. That was that was trapped, dude. I feel like that was that. That's a big motif in this album. I feel like at least three times he mentioned a girl wanting coke. Yeah, like on three different songs. Maybe he just feels trapped by women like using him for coke. I mean, it's possible. He's living the fast life. But if that's like his biggest problem, I mean, damn, dude. (laughs) <laughs> like you got it better than I do. Um, I've got to say uh, a highlight for me was outside. I think that's the name of the song. Uh, it's got a beat on it. it the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the the melody kind of sounds like it's like kind of some tropical thing, some kind of tropical melody, and it almost sounds like something that could have been taken out of like The Little Mermaid or something like that. It's just re- it's really fun. I don't know if anybody remembers that. All my niggas outside and going in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that, I think that's the one it was. But I think that was the highlight for me because I, I really liked the beat on that. The beat was just so 
was so fun. And uh, for for me, I probably another highlight would be the Kid Cudi song. And if only uh, because it kind of reminded me of how good Kid Cudi used to be. I straight up did not catch like there were there was so much editing on those vocals that I did not catch the switch from Travis Scott to Kid Cudi, and I thought that he just ripped off Man in the Moon for a minute. It was actually the other way around. It was actually Kid Cudi in the beginning. Uh, in See, this is exactly what I'm talking and about. And then it was Travis Scott who said the, uh, the Kid Cudi line. And he said day and night, that shit. Yeah, he started dude. with that line. Like, yeah. I, I paused. I genuinely yeah. paused for a minute. I'm like, did he just fucking say that? Are you yeah. fucking kidding me? I mean, yeah, I'm not like that song, but like the, the thing with Cudi is, I like when he's singing like, like, I like that part, but when he's like doing like his little verse in that song, I don't like the verse at all. Like, you can miss me with that fucking verse. You can miss me with the but verse. But I, I like the chorus of the song. The chorus of the song is pretty dope. Um, my overall score is out, though. I'm, like, the other day, I was thinking of eight. The other day. But now, I'm thinking of six and a half. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest here. Half of it, it, it meets me halfway, so I'm going to meet it halfway. I'm gonna <laughs> give it a solid five. Solid five. It's my best score. And, and I, uh, to explain why I gave it a six and a half, because I, like I did say, I really liked the songs I do like, I really enjoy them. But the songs I don't like, I really don't fuck with them. And it kind of makes me not want to listen to the album at all. Because mm-hmm. honestly, since the other day when I heard it, because we were doing the podcast, I'm like, let me hear it again. Because when I first, it, this album came out like two weeks ago. I heard it twice. And I'm like, you know what? I like the songs. Like when I'm listening, I'm like, yo, man, this is good. But I never listened to it after that. And when I listened to it the other day, I still haven't listened to it since the other day. It was like three days yeah. ago. I still haven't listened to it. So it's like, I, it doesn't make me want to go back to it. Yeah. But when I do hear it, I'll enjoy it. And, you know, at the same time, I, I've heard you say that a couple times now. And I really think you're a different person than I am. So your perception can be different than mine, obviously. Mm. But I think it takes a really kind of special kind of sound or like something that you're really into to get you to keep going back over and over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I love Sage Francis and going out on a limb. Um, personal Journals is one of my favorite albums. And just the whole like personal uh, premise in that. You know, just the, the nature of the album yeah. keeps me coming back all the time. And, you know, not only is this not necessarily my kind of album, but just the the execution, even if it was, I might not come back to this. Maybe but, twice, like but that's pushing it. Like, if it was better? If it was better, I... See, that's so hard to answer. <laughs> let's, say, let's say it had the great production that you like, mm-hmm. but, it, but Travis Scott actually wrote these songs about things that that related to like the concept that, of the album. Well, let's just assume that it lived up to uh, it lived up uh, it lived, lived up, up conceptually to that concept that he put out there like yeah. being trapped in a social situation. Yeah. Depending on what he de- defines as being trapped in a social situation, yeah, I, I would probably be extremely interested because I love I fucking love this production. I cannot stress that enough. And that seems to be an ongoing... We've done two albums so far, and I have the same issue. Love the production. Yeah. Can't stand the vocals. Cannot do it. Although I feel like this is too... It's like, it like takes it into opposite extremes, because Isaiah Rashad was at least a good rapper. His vocals were just kind of boring. And yeah. then... and then he, But Travis Scott's beats are better, but his rapping is totally just... Yeah. It just get, Isaiah Rashad's actually like free lunch. You really can't. You can't listen to free lunch and tell me he's not like a good athlete. I mean, if you, if you told me that we were just going to review the single free lunch, yeah, I would have been like, oh yeah, ten out of ten, sign him. <laughs> but 
we, you know, we're not. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. that's you know, uh, cold hard facts. We're not. And if you said, hey, we're going to be uh, judging the instrumental to Birds in the Cut, cool. But we're not. Yeah. And um, you know that, that goes back to what we said last time. You know, it's it's a sum of its parts. And I'm not I'm not down with it. And if if he wants to come back, I, I'll say the same thing I said about Isaiah Rashad. If he wants to come back later with a real project that gets me going, that like gets the juices moving, fucking do it, man. But Oof, I don't foresee it. Yeah, no, he's he's had too much success off this, so why would he be lyrical with yeah. it? It wouldn't, with, wouldn't make any sense for him. To with do Travis that. Scott, that's not going to happen. It, it, it might, you know, maybe his next project will have you know better production or something like that. But he's never going to not be this style. That's I think that's a big difference because you don't know what Isaiah Rashad could go in a totally different direction in his next album. You don't know. Yeah. But I but. Uh, Travis Scott has released enough projects where you know exactly what he's gonna do. It's yeah. gonna be trap beats um, with some really cool like melodic backdroppings to them, and it's going to be him just kind of auto tune uh, mumbling about. You know that was another stuff. thing that really bothered me about this album. It's not so much the auto tune because I've heard tons of auto tune. You know, it's 2016. It's been around for a while. Yeah. The amount of auto tune, the 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 obtuse heavy. usage of it. The heavy, it was, this album is drenched. It, it is soiled with autotune. It's like you walk into a fucking, if the album is a house, the autotune is, is the sealed milk jugs full of piss and shit of the occupants that is stacked in the corner. That is what I see that as, because I, look... If you want to, like, tweak your shit a little bit to make it sound a little better, you know what? Cool, man. Who am I to say no? You might have, like, a fucked up voice. Who knows? You're, you you might smoke too much. Whatever. But when you really, like, rely... I mean, you are dependent on that to make an album. I don't know, man. I just don't know. I And I'm not saying that, like, oh, I think it's bad and I think it's good. I just have no real... Yeah, you never hear him rap in his regular voice, right? Ever. Um, I'm gonna say I'm I'm gonna say that I won't take points off for that, and here's why: because other other artists have done very autotuny albums, like you know, for we talked about 808s in our heartbreak earlier. That whole uh, that album was similarly drenched in autotune, and when it's a when it's an aesthetic choice, I don't have a problem with it, but I just don't. Again, a lot of the a lot of the individual components of this album I don't have a problem with, but how they come together it doesn't really connect for me. Um, yeah. I'm gonna have to give this album a I, I give it a six out of ten. All right. Yeah. So five, six, and six, six and a half. Something like five, that. Five, six, and six and a half. Okay, yeah. about it's, it's it's similar to what uh what we all said about yeah. Isaiah Rashad last week. So. Um, just some, we're just some hating motherfuckers. Oh, easily. Anyway. No. I mean, You're welcome uh, to the jungle. Yo, he has another album coming next year. He announced it when before this new one was coming. It's called Astro World. Astro World. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah, that's supposed to be coming next year. Well, so. if it if it has the same production and he just kind of ups the ante a little bit, I'd probably like it. Yeah. yeah, I would. I probably. I think the production is probably going to be better. These sound like B sides from Rodeo to me. This sounds this sonically. This album sounds pretty much exactly like Rodeo. Maybe tweaked and improved a little bit. But I feel like if he already announced Astro World and this just came out, I feel like this might may be like him kind of going. You know, 
riding out that whole rodeo sound and riding out that whole rodeo concept. And I feel like he may already have a lot of Astro World created where yeah. he's kind of like he's got this new idea and he's got this new and I know because I've done stuff like that before. Where I, I'm kind of just pushing out, you know, what I have for an idea before yeah. I kind of, you know, delve into a different one, and um, I'm hoping that's the case. I'm hoping that we go into Astro World and it's just, you know, he's got new ideas for us uh, other than Rodeo and, and yeah. Birds because these are two very similar albums. I don't see him sticking to the same sound his whole career. No, he's yeah. too he's too creative and, and production oriented to do that. I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so that's what we think about the album. Catch us next time where we will be reviewing Blonde by Frank Ocean. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Have you given it a listen? I've never even listened to I haven't listened yet. Have you heard the? Have you heard Channel Orange? I've heard Channel Orange. Right. Wait, is it better or worse? Uh, I, we'll I, discuss that next we'll week. Discuss, we'll discuss